Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. Today I am interviewing Hannah Vanderpool. She is a young female farmer from California who now resides in Idaho, where she runs her parents' dairy alongside her crew, all while attending post-secondary full-time. Crazy, right? I thought it was fitting to have Hannah on the Rural Woman podcast today, as it is June, which is Dairy Month, and I have some exciting news for the rest of the month of June. It will be dairy farmers on the podcast. So I'm excited to share Hannah's interview with you as well as some other great dairy farmers from around North America. But before we get to today's episode, we have to do our housekeeping, which I feel like there are times I do more housekeeping on the podcast than I do in my actual house, but that's besides the point. The housekeeping for today is our review of the week. And the review of the week comes from Samantha760. It is a five-star review left on iTunes. It is titled, Love Caitlin and Her Interviews. I've learned so much from Caitlin's interviews with rural women. Love this podcast. Thank you so much, Samantha, for leaving that five-star rating and review over on iTunes. If you also are loving the podcast, I would encourage you to leave a review because you could hear your name on the Rural Woman podcast, which I don't know. I think that's kind of cool, but I'm biased, obviously. I also want to give a huge shout out to the ladies over in the Rural Woman podcast community over on Facebook. It is so great being in community and being able to connect with the listeners to the podcast. And if you would like to connect as well, make sure you go over to Facebook and just type in the search, the Rural Woman Podcast Community, or you can look up Wild Rose Farmer on Facebook. And I am over there. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I have a Twitter account. Guys, I'm not very good at Twitter. I don't know what it is. Somebody can help me out. Help me out with Twitter, okay? Make sure you also check out the new apparel added to Shop Wild Rose Farmer. There is the official Rural Woman podcast gear that has been uploaded on there last week. So if you haven't gotten your official Deep Roots t-shirt or hat yet, what are you waiting for? Um, Well, there is one thing you could wait for, I guess, but I wasn't going to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. But you guys, we are super close to getting 10,000 downloads on this podcast already, which to me is bananas. I had no expectation setting into this of how many people would even listen to this and you have all blown my mind. So here's the deal. Once we hit 10,000 downloads, I'm going to do a really big giveaway with some Rural Woman podcast apparel, as well as some swag from our sponsors and all of that fun stuff. So there's two things you can do. One, you could just go shop Wild Rose Farmer and purchase your apparel. Or what you can do is share this episode 
get us to 10,000 downloads and maybe you'll win something instead. So either way, I think it's a win-win for all of us. So, but uh, without further ado, you have heard me ramble on for long enough. Let's get to Hannah's episode. Hey, Hannah, how are you? Good. How are you, Caitlin? I'm doing so good. Thank you for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So, Hannah, I met you through Instagram, and I know a little bit about you, but I would like our listeners to find out more about you. So if you could just take a few minutes to tell us about who you are and where you're from. Sure. So I'm originally from California. I was born and raised there and my parents had a dairy farm in the Central Valley. And in about 2016, they wanted to expand over to Idaho. So now I live in Castleford, Idaho, and I help run their dairy um, with many other amazing employees we have. That's great. So then your parents are currently still in California running the dairy over there yes. and then you're in Idaho running yep. the dairy. Cool. Okay. Their dairy is a lot larger though in California. Okay. And is that where your family is originally from then is California? All right. So tell me more about these dairies, uh, the one in California and the one in Idaho that you're currently running for your family now. So the one in California, they milk about 2,000 cows and they have all their heifers on site from six months all the way up to when they calve and go into the milking stream. And in Idaho over here, it's a little bit smaller, but we milk a little less than 1,000 cows and we do not raise our heifers. They go off site and are raised in um, an hour away in Burley. And how long has your family been in the dairy industry for? Um, it was actually my parents' dairy's anniversary yesterday of 25 years. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations. Happy anniversary mm-hmm. to you guys. Yeah, yeah that was exciting. But my dad, he's been working on the dairy ever since he was very little. He started breeding cows at 13 years old and never wanted to leave the dairy since. <laughs> and so you grew up on your dairy in California then. Was there anything else you ever thought you would like to be doing instead of working on the dairy? Did you want to grow up and be anything else? Yeah, I did want to. Um, I started out wanting to be a dairy veterinarian, so I was going to school over in Cal Poly, and then when I moved to Idaho, I started getting more into the dairy industry, and I realized I wanted to learn more of the business aspects rather than just um, cows and the farming, which I've grown up around and known my whole life. So now I'm at Boise State University full-time, and I'm trying to get a degree in accounting. Well, that will be very helpful when it comes to doing all of the paperwork and fun stuff yes. behind <laughs> actually running a dairy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom does all the paperwork for our dairies. It's a lot of work. I don't think people actually realize how much paperwork and all of that kind of stuff goes into the back end of farming. It's not just driving tractors and milking cows all the time. <laughs> yep, <laughs> for sure. So tell me what your typical day-to-day looks like. What What time do you get up? What do you do during the day on the dairy? So I try to wake up around 5 to 5.30 and make some coffee. And then I'll grab whatever I need for that day. My Because we do not use RFID technology. So we still print our lists for when we need dry cows, moving cows, and all of that. So if I have anything to do really important that day, I'll take my list with me. Head out. Um, I'll usually check the temperature on the milk and check how much milk was picked up for the, the day. And then I'll feed my calves. 
And then I will s meet with Lupe, who is our breeder and herdsman, and we'll get going for the day. Checking the herd. Um, he breeds all of our cows, and I help him finding cows and the numbers for everything. <laughs> How many times a day are you milking your cows? So we milk our cows two to three times a day. Some of our cows are only getting milked twice. And then our jerseys are get milked three times a day for their butterfat and high components in their milk. And our first lactation Holsteins are getting milked three times a day as well. And what breed of cattle do you have on your dairies? Um, we have black Holsteins, red Holsteins, and jerseys. Nice. A nice mixture. Yep. <laughs> and you're also raising beef cattle this year, correct? Yes, I have three calves right now, and I we just had another one born this morning, so I'm debating if I want to add another one or not. <laughs> That's exciting. Congratulations. Very, lots Thank of you. exciting things <laughs> happening for you in the last couple days. Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so what made you want to raise beef cattle? Um, Just because I know that we get them from our... Um, our heifer raiser sells us the semen for not that bad of a price. And so we've been breeding our cows with it. And I just really liked the way they looked and they're really cute and fluffy. And I decided to start raising them and going to sell them when they get a little bit older. I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for the cute heifer calves and bull calves to be right. Raised for, right. So, um, yes. so for your dairy, where does your milk go? Where, where do you provide your milk to? So our milk goes to Glambia Nutritionals, and they use their milk with, like, Chobani. Um, there's a few other um, nutritional companies they send their milk to, like um, Optimum Nutrition for, like, whey powder. They also send the milk there. So it goes a lot of places, but <laughs> Glambia is the main home. Right. And basically, I can't remember the radius of it, but your milk is providing milk for people in your direct area, correct? Like 200 miles away? Yes. That's very cool. I love that. Basically, mm -hmm. like for us, when we sell our grain, it can go anywhere in the world. But we know with our dairy, it's at least produced in a farm that's pretty close to where you're from, right? So yeah. Hey, all we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, KL Skin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. All of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. We've talked a little bit about this before, but let's talk to our listeners about this. And in your opinion, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions in the dairy industry are? Uh, geez, where to start? <laughs> um, well, one of the 
biggest topic is always with the calves. What do we do with the calves? What do we do with the bull calves? And I think over at TDF Honest Farming, he does a great explanation of how we um, take care of our bull calves and what we do with our calves and why we separate them from their mother. But to go into a little further detail, I always, when people always ask me, oh, that's awful you take the mom away from the calf. But it's hard because the calf, it's born with no rumen. It has really susceptible to disease. And if it falls and lays in a fresh pile of manure, that won't be good for its lifelong health. So we make sure we take it um, to a nice bed of straw in our calf barn and we dip its navel with iodine so it can't get any disease through its um, navel. And we also give it its first feeding of colostrum so it has all of the antibodies that uh, will fight off infections that it can develop. And also during winter, it gets really cold around here. And we've had we have two heifer calves that had lost a little bit of their ears from frostbite. So we like to keep them in our calf barn because we have heated lamps and they won't lose their ears and they'll be nice and warm rather than being outside in cold, rainy, snowy weather just to be with their mom. Yeah, I think it's so it's so interesting the things that go around on the internet about the rumors and misconceptions mm-hmm. about the dairy industry. And I think one of the most important things that we as producers or you as producers can continue to say is make sure that you're asking a rancher or a farmer or a yes. dairy farmer instead of Google, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't yes. <laughs> don't listen to everything you see on the internet because it's not right. always the most accurate thing, right? So. <laughs> There's been a lot lately, just just with that new video that's been released from the Fair Oaks. It's just, I know that a lot of dairy farmers that I've talked to that watched it couldn't watch it because of how bad it was. And that's not really what goes on. And that's not what us farmers want people to think that goes on. And I'm glad that those um, employees were already fired before the video was released. But Still, it's just it's just really hard to find, you know, good employees that they care about the animals, too, and just not making money from them. That has been the biggest thing, because I I really care for each and every one of our animals, and I just hope that everyone else can, too. And so far, everyone else really does care about the animals here, so it makes me so happy. Right. And I think you said it, too. It, it's hard to find employees that you know that you can trust, and you obviously have trust in these people to take care of your animals and your equipment and everything that you have because you can't just do it all on your own. So you're having to find these employees that you trust with not only your animals, but all of the equipment and stuff too. So it's hard, even as as grain farmers, it's hard to find employees that you know mm-hmm. that you can trust. And yeah, no, the video from Fair Oaks Farms, it was so unfortunate and it, it was hard to watch. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. But I think... Well, it being National Dairy Month, I think it's it's been pretty mm-hmm. inspiring for me to see all of you dairy farmers kind of rally together around this and yes. make the best of the situation. And I, mm-hmm. I commend all of you for that. And uh, yeah, you, you've all rallied hard and I appreciate and enjoy seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've only been having my Instagram for since the beginning of the year, but I'm so glad I did it. And I'm so glad I reached out to all the dairy farmers around me and the ones I found on social media and, and also you and all the other farmers, because just seeing everybody's story and how everybody does everything so differently, is just really inspiring. And especially for June Dairy Month, everybody really coming together and showing how dairies are very positive and they do a lot of good things. 
Right. And so what was your reason behind starting your Instagram page? Um, I don't know. I just kind of wanted another thing to do, I guess, and show everyone how much fun I have and but how much work it is too. And yep, just mainly that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's sometimes the misconception even of just what farmers do or ranchers do on a day to day basis. It, it kind of looks like fun once in a while. But when you actually get down to it and see the real hard work behind it, it's like, it's not always that fun. So <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so Hannah, with some of the misconceptions in the dairy industry, one of the big one is the environmental impact on dairy industries. And I know that we've discussed this before, but what are some of the techniques that you are using on your dairies to mitigate the environmental impact? So we have um, one of our inspectors that comes out about once a year to check everything and make sure we are being environmentally friendly. So what she does is go through how many cows we have, how much water we're using, how much milk we're producing, and so on. And she also wants to know how much we export our manure to because one of the big things with manure is the methane that it releases into the environment, which doesn't really do that much on a big global standard, but it does does hurt it a little bit. So we just want to make sure that our the phosphorus in the manure is at a negative level and we get this negative level through our exports and um, we export manure off to a field or... Um, into a different holding pit, it helps it. So that's mainly what she's looking for is making sure that um, methane and phosphorus levels are negative with our exports of manure. And also we recycle our water through the barn wash and um, our wash tank as well. So that helps a lot. And my parents in California, they, they have a lot more environmental standards that they have to um, comprise to with their dairy. Are the standards different from state to state? Um, yes, I would say California is a little more stricter. I know that they are being obligated to put in methane digesters into their um, operations, mostly all the dairies in California, where in Idaho, our water usage and all of that isn't monitored as bad because there's less dairies over in Idaho than there is in California. It's interesting to me because obviously American standards are sometimes different than Canadian standards. So it's always interesting to me to hear the differences between the two. Uh, so, Hannah, who have been some of the biggest influences in the egg industry for you? Um, definitely my parents and my grandpa. They have worked so hard throughout their whole lifetime to make sure that their dairies are successful, the cows are happy, and the finances are correct. Um, my mom, like I said before, she does all the book work for both of the dairies and all of the farmland over in California. So she's definitely very busy and it's inspiring to me when back when I was young and I'd wake up early, maybe around five before school and she would already be up on the computer doing quick books and entries and just working her little tail off and I just thought it was so inspiring how she worked so hard and also my dad going to the dairy every day. I remember there was one Christmas Eve, the power went out in the barn, and so the milkers got behind, so me and my sisters, we were all out there helping them get back on track, but even on Christmas Eve, we're, we were still able to come out and fix a problem, so just my dad is really inspiring to me with his um, how much he cares for his dairy and everything that he does. The cows don't know it's Christmas, right? They, uh, they still need to <laughs> right? be <milked. laughs> Right? That's, that's the old saying, isn't it? The cows don't know it's Christmas or the cows don't know it's Sunday. Uh-uh. So, um, no. 
what do you think is the most rewarding part for you of being a female in agriculture? That's hard. Um, Probably just being different. I mean, there's not a lot of females in agriculture, but I mean, there has been recently, but I've had a lot of troubles where just because I'm a girl, people don't think I really know what I'm doing. And it gets a little frustrating, but that's also another thing is just overcoming these boundaries and proving myself right and making a name for myself is really, really rewarding for me and for all the other um, female farmers out there as well. Right. Hannah, what are some of your future plans for you and your dairy? Um, Always expansion, but just making sure my cows are happy and healthy and producing the best they can. That's always a good goal to have, right? <laughs> yes. So you mentioned um, your sisters. How many siblings do you have? So I have two sisters. Um, one is going to be a junior in high school, and she's already way taller than me. She's already six foot one and a little track star, too. <laughs> and then my older sister is she just graduated college. So she's headed back to help my dad and my mom over at the main dairy in California. That's great. So it's keeping it all in the <laughs> family. Yes, for sure. <laughs> How did you get so lucky to have to go to Idaho in those terrible winters that you have? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, I don't know. I came to visit a few summers back and I, I just really loved it. I guess and I should say I loved the summer because we had a lot of fun on the Snake River and just all the activities. I was never used to it because where I grew up, it was mainly the desert and two to three hours away from anything fun. So we didn't do a whole lot where I was from. So just being able to come out here and seeing all the stuff we can do is really a really cool thing for me. Idaho is beautiful. I've been there a few times and the summers, you're mm -hmm. correct, are very beautiful in Idaho. <laughs> Darn yes. those winters. It's it's not right. quite as bad in Alberta or where I am in Alberta, but ugh, winter in Idaho, I don't know, not very nice. <laughs> yep. And especially where I um, am from, it hadn't snowed since 1999. And that was the year I was born. So I'd never seen snow before I came here or lived in it at least. <laughs> Too funny. Tell the listeners where they can connect with you over on Instagram. Okay, so you can follow my Instagram page and follow my journey through my dairy and my little beef farm I'm starting at ID Dairy Girl. Perfect. And I will tag that in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you and stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Hannah. It was really nice talking with you. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Hey guys, it's me again. I just wanted to say thank you so much to this week's sponsor, Shop Wild Rose Farmer. You may be thinking, what? Shop Wild Rose Farmer is your shop. Well, yes, yes it is. Proceeds from Shop Wild Rose Farmer go directly to supporting this podcast and making it possible. Consider purchasing an I Am Your Farmer t-shirt or even an I Am Your Rancher t-shirt. Check out the popular Wild Rose Farmer tank tops as well as sweatshirts, hoodies, and more. Members of the Wild Rose Farmer community receive a 20% off promo code for their first purchase from Shop Wild Rose Farmer. Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com for more information. Thanks again for listening and supporting the Rural Woman podcast. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. 
You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time. Oh,